2: Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which seems to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass and the automotive and social media world. My name is Sam, I'm your host from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass and this week I'm joined by Tim Earnshaw from Windrush Car Storage, Car Cave, Car, car <laughs> Amazingness. What What's the official?
3: Okay, so official is Windrush Car Storage but uh, yeah, we're kind of it's turning into a bit of a car hotel it's 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 Toys R Us for me
2: (laughs) every time I come here I just drool over everything that's undercover behind us and we're going to get into exactly what this place is what the the service they offer is Uh, we're also going to be learning a bit more about Tim his background why he's into cars where his interest came from he's got quite an interesting story Um, so if you're new if you're joining us here on YouTube please make sure you subscribe for future episodes hit a like button now that thumbs up so that more people can find episodes like this if you're listening to us make sure you follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us to. Um, I think that's probably all the housekeeping that's needed. Let's get on with things. Tim, who are you? <laughs> Please, okay. introduce okay. yourself.
3: Right. right, guys, I'm going to try and keep this short and concise. <laughs> but uh, Okay, so, grew up on a farm. Uh, lucky enough surrounded by machinery tools and i suppose you know from any
2: lamborghini tractors uh unfortunately (laughs) not and no porsche tractors actually i do remember a
3: lamborghini tractor i actually know I like. yeah Yeah, i remember a guy coming along lamborghini tractor a little sort of farm joke and all that but uh yeah you know surrounded by tools and stuff and uh, i suppose you know stuff would break and so you'd see the insides of uh engines and gearbox and yeah that kind of appealed for me from uh early stage really and uh, it all started when I was about, I don't know, probably about 10, 11, uh, probably 10, 11 12, uh, had a Land Rover on a farm, and uh, it was great, you know, learn to drive around the farm, all safe environment. of All of that sort of stuff. Amazing. Start, so. Not
2: hitting any sheep.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or trying not no, to. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, you know, and of course, you know, uh, had a quad bike on the farm, and uh, yeah, you know, ended up having races and all that kind of stuff. So. Sounds amazing. Yeah, a few accidents along the way, <laughs> yeah. but uh, all, all sort of uh, grounding uh, stuff, I'd say. And really, the, where it all started was uh, one day, a uh, mate came home from school, uh, drove a Land Rover, put it in reverse, I was standing outside it, and all of a sudden there's this almighty bang. I was like, oh my God, what was that? Sounds like my He's just Ferrari. broken my baby, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it could be, but uh, it was like, oh, holy smoke, what do we do now? Uh, at the time, uh, I went to a school where they had fantastic workshops, and... Um, i sort of asked them and you know what should i do because i was kind of interested in how to fix it really okay
2: so it was the mechanical side of things that was your initial sort of what what turned you on at the beginning yeah
3: i guess so i think my, my sort of parents sort of recognized that i was kind of into how things work and part of the idea behind the land Rover on the farm was look hey i could learn to drive in it at young age but if and when it goes wrong it's a big meccano set get give it a go get stuck in so it went bang uh and went to school. They had this sort of uh, car workshop. Asked them a bit of a heads up, what should I do? I said, "Okay, well, uh, take this piece off. Have a look down there in the gearbox. You might be able to see something." And I was just uh, a bit clueless. I was like, "Can't well, see how anything, old were guys. you? <clears throat> I was uh, twelve. I think but, yeah. you were
2: allowed to be clueless at twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> giving so, yourself
3: a hard time. I just didn't understand how that gearbox worked. <laughs> but I suppose you know, when you, you grow up on a farm, you're really you're in a really lucky position where, you know, you. You drive tractors starting at the age 10 or so, which that is cool. nuts. so but, cool. But it, yeah, it's kind of, you know, and also a good way to earn pocket money on holidays. So yeah, dad would say, right, you know, there <laughs> you go, go and roll that field or something boring. And uh, <laughs> uh, Anyway, so I had the Land Rover, had a, had a look at it, thought, well, I can't see anything. Went back and they said, well, look, why don't you bring it along? We can to help you, show you, you can pick up skills. I was like, yeah, okay. So got one of the guys on the farm, drive it to the, the school uh, I said right take out <clears throat> first of all let's take out the carpets and i was i remember taking this sounds crazy now but taking the carpets out going oh my god how i can't even remember how these are going to go back together again i was <laughs> that scared and it's a crystallized thought in my mind now anyway took to took, took it all out took the gearbox out stripped it down kind of with their guidance and it was all kind of like meccano fairly sort of self-explanatory ish uh found the gear that was a problem, reverse idle gear, uh, it stripped half its teeth, uh, got a new one, put it back together, got it all back together, and then started up. And it worked. And Whoa, I was like, wow. This that, is amazing. It was. I mean, it was kind of, uh, it was just a really rewarding process of fixing something that was broken, learning it. And it was literally, I was hooked at that moment. I was like, wow, this was brilliant. So did a few more things on the Land Rover, uh overhauled the brakes and whatnot and kind of did it and and then the, the ch- i suppose i recognized the challenge had gone so i then uh broke it
2: <laughs> <laughs> drove it as hard
3: as you <laughs> could to yeah, make it stop uh, working <laughs> no no was was no, all good i mean it was it was it was it was, it was like any land rover it was pretty slow i mean top speed of about uh 50 Amazing. no 55 miles an hour but
2: in the land rover it feels very quick because it, at 55 miles an hour it feels like everything's about to fall off
3: it, yeah it does <laughs> actually there's again another good uh, sort of memory of uh being on a motorway, you just pass your test, 55 miles an hour. I mean, I, as a cruise controller, I had a piece of wood that would jam <laughs> on the throttle and stick on the seat base. So you that could put your, sound put your at feet up. <laughs> <But> <laughs> you're in the slow lane, so, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you, hey, let's you know, what can doing happen? You're doing 55. Trucks go 56. So oh. you're sitting in the fast lane, or slow lane Come going, rah, rah, all of a sudden. And then you've got this truck coming past at a snail's pace. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, so anyway, that, that okay. was the Land Rover and uh, so it was an early because i mean we couldn't have a
2: more different beginning of our sort of car passion or car love story because it sounds to me like as you say yours came from this kind of desire to sort of fix and understand and a sort of mechanical thing i mean i i still don't think i would know what a gearbox looked like if you lay it out (laughs) in front of me now um so where did that then progress onto because at 12 years old you're fixing land rovers where did that lead you to
3: okay so uh, so after that I then sort of found that I really enjoyed that sort of process of learning mechanical stuff and how it works from fixing it but okay and I then sort of like I said the workshops at school were, were amazing I was very lucky to be there and, and they built these uh, Lotus 7 type Replica cars. Oh, wow! What uh, school cool.
2: did you go to, mate? That's so, uh,
3: It was a place called School, school okay. and uh, yeah, it was a boarding school. No, hey, uh, but no, but if they're but, doing these things for you, like this is great. I mean, it's and one of the reasons why I went there is because they had this brilliant workshop. Uh, and anyway, they they built these like they're called a low uh, low cost. It's a Lotus Seven, low cost. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, sort of <laughs> rip off. Anyway, uh, they're a very simple car. Um, and they had like a little mini production line of them going, and they said, "Look, we can build one of these." And you literally build it from scratch, chassis, the whole lot. I thought, "Well, that looks all right," but the idea of copying a car, going to the next door one, getting a tape measure out, and going, "Yeah, okay, I need to cut a piece of metal that big, weld it in," and yeah, again, a, a challenging process in itself. But I thought, I want something to stretch me a bit more. Uh, so they said, "Well, we think we could, we think we could do a Morgan uh, recreation." So wow. I said, "So I didn't know what one was, what one was." Went back home said, mum, dad, you know, they said, ah, oh, Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. I've always fancied one of those. I was like, wow. Okay, great. I'm going to build you a Morgan. Dad. You one. <laughs> so, <laughs> as- I'm 14, but I'm going to do it <laughs> Yeah, as you do. That's amazing. Uh, so I then um, uh, spent the next uh, four years where I used a, a MGB as a donor car. Okay. So I got the, uh, the engine, the gearbox, the prop shaft, uh, the rear axle, the seats, the dials, the wheels. So effectively, it was a rebodied MGB, uh, but all the mechanicals then um, restored the mechanicals. Uh, went to an auto bought the wings for a Morgan, um, which on a Morgan side profile are the whole length of the car. Mm-hmm. Literally placed those on the floor of the workshop, uh, put the rear axle of the MGB on the workshop floor with the wheels on, and it's kind of like a kind of weird concoction, but kind of vaguely squinty. Somehow like. it worked. Uh, I got the bonnet, welded it onto the wings and, and cut a broom handle in half and propped the bonnet up. And then I kind of from there reverse engineered a chassis, uh, a space frame chassis to fit all of these parts. Wow. Using the same suspension system as the, the Lotus 7 or low which is a five link rear um, and a double wishbone uh, coil over shocks uh, front. And uh, yeah, anyway, I, and the, I did it for the challenge to and picked up the skills whilst doing it. So how to weld, how to fabricate, uh, how to panel beat, uh, how to wire, how to rebuild an engine. Now, I, and at the pr- time of doing this, I photographed the whole process. Cool and i look back at it now and i'm kind of amazed that A, I had the time to do it but how i did it and it, i know it sounds mind-boggling to do this at the age of 13 14 it, but to me it really does but <laughs> it, it really did kind of come i don't want to sound big headed but it came natural to me i've just always been good with my hands and and learning it and then when somebody showed me how to do something i just took it and ran and occasionally you know the uh, the teachers were busy so you'd say oh can you show me how to do this and at times you just actually had to give it a go figure it out yourself figure it out yourself trial by arrow yeah, or, yeah. and actually like a lot of things often the best way and uh, anyway left school I built this Morgan recreation uh, Kind of had to take it all to pieces uh, after I built it to, to paint it again. So that was a bit of a pain. Anyway.
2: Okay. So all I was going to say is, is through all of this, did, was it? Did you want to build a car so that you had a car, or was it just the actual matter of piecing it together and building it? That, that challenge that yeah. excited you.
3: Yeah. Sure. Good question. Well, it's, uh, I. I honestly think it was the challenge. I love mm. projects and I love challenges and I can say it more now, kind of retrospectively, but yeah, I love Looking the just challenge. amazing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's, but to kind of, I suppose to cut to the chase, I've uh, got this da- danger of waffling about it. So no, I'd no, no to please, cut it, cut it's, super, it short. it's super interesting. <laughs> Give me the edit version. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so uh, long story short, finished this Morgan, spent five years building it, catalogued it with photographs, still got it in my office now. Thousands of hours of building, and then thought right this is my baby uh i now look i kind of wanted to drive it but really wanted to preserve it i knew that it was more valuable to me than anyone else at that time it was going to uni so it was not always had eyes on it and it was in the workshop on the farm and it, of course you know naturally picked up the odd odd t- ding the odd little chip here and it was sure. kind of like you know make you want to cry so Again, lucky enough to live on a farm. We had loads of buildings and I sort of identified one and said, look, to my, my dad, look, any chance I could have that and create a man cave, put my car in, it'd be safe. And so anyway, I then uh, did that, concreted the floor, painted the floor, put an alarm in it, put a roller shutter door, So cool. turned a really sorry state building into uh a man cave everyone's dream i mean everyone's literal team and then you put your car that you built in that man cave yeah that's it and i kind of at that stage i did it for me but then i thought as soon as i finished it i thought again i love the project of doing the conversion of the building but i thought maybe there's other people that want to put their car away too now at the time my dad thought i was nuts he said why would anyone buy a car and then not store it at their own house they're not gonna be able to drive it anyway i i, I Got a website built with some friends, um, got, some, got a little bit of advertising going, uh, just to give it a go, a hobby. And I had a guy locally who put a E-Type with me. I then had a, the second customer, I think, um, guy who had a Mitsubishi Evo 6. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. seriously nice. Silver. It was absolutely mint. And this guy loved it. It was his baby but he just got a posting in the US for, I think, two years. Ah. And he was going, okay, I've seen your ad, I want to put So he didn't want to sell the car, and, but no. he
2: didn't I didn't have anywhere to leave it.
3: And of course, so then there was this kind of like, when you think about it, this weird sort of uh, balance as, as someone who's never met me before, he's giving me his baby for two years uh, <laughs> and he wants me to look after it. Now, what of course, again, with hindsight, gave people so much comfort, was the fact that with my Morgan there, I could talk to people about my Morgan what I did and they were like okay this guy kind of knows what he's doing mechanically and it's his baby so my car's going to be looked after likewise how old were you at this point so I was uh, da, 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 it was 2004 so uh, I, well I haven't done the oh, man oh, yeah I wasn't going to age you that I could be much more vague I, 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 haven't, I haven't done the man maths of yeah, it yet <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but, but you, you were young-ish I yeah, mean yeah, I a guess I was probably what about sort 20, 20-odds, 20 yeah, so, Yeah, so, so uh, 20s. 20, 20... 24, I guess, 24-ish, okay. yeah, 24. So, so
2: if I turned up with my Evo 6 yeah. um, and a 24-year-old opened the door and said, yeah, cool, I'll look after it for a couple of years... I think I would have been a little apprehensive. Yeah, yeah. But also, if I was 24 years old and I'd built a man cave for yeah. my Morgan and people were bringing their cars, I'd be like, I'm now the biggest baller of <laughs> all of my friends. Like, come over to my man cave and I've got an E-type, I've got a Morgan. Well, I would have just be like, if Instagram was around, I would have been all over that. I would have been all over that. <laughs> pretending well, everything is the thing, was mine. It's
3: kind of like... Again, this sounds like, makes me feel so old. This was kind of like before social media, kind of like... Before root,
2: the internet. Before the internet. Almost, <laughs> no.
3: almost. But, again, like you know, I remember my dad, when I set the business up, he was kind of like, oh, you know, you want to take an ad in the Yellow Pages? I was like, Yellow yeah. Pages? And then uh, he said... For those I, listeners
2: uh, who don't know what the Yellow Pages is, <laughs> it was Google before Google existed.
3: <laughs> again, you know, typical farmer. Anything I need in that, Yellow Pages. And uh, and then, of course, you know, I make a meters hat regularly now. Amazing, and so uh, good. So good. Anyway, and, and That this, was
2: the birth of of Rush? That was I mean, the birth.
3: I mean, and, and you know, just quickly on that Evo, this guy was kind of like, and then he said, "Look, I want you to drive it on boost and off boost." I was like, "Oh my god, oh, this is brilliant." Oh. So anyway, it was kind of humble start, sideline business, fast track. I suppose a year or two. Uh, I then, again, this sounds crazy, but it's just I th- you kind of I strong believe you make your own luck, and. My I, my dad saw an ad in again okay, so many farming connections here it's so dull. I, no, no, I apologise I everyone, but it's um is uh, the Farmers Weekly uh, Water Magazine yeah Water what what Magazine it
2: Oh I'm, not, I'm subscribed. Come on,
3: <laughs> <laughs> for London. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there was an ad in there from a uh, company operating. Uh, it said basically uh, event operators needed for uh, races throughout Europe. My dad was like, oh, that sounds pretty interesting. It was a bit kind of. Uh, a bit smoke and mirrors sort of thing Anyway, applied for it turned out it was for a, um, a primary subcontractor for uh, Philip Morris uh, and Ferrari in Formula One <laughs> and yeah, and I was kind of and so I was kind of like wow it was uh, for uh, one of the basically the truck driver jobs for the hospitality units and I was like wow get to travel around Europe that looks cool didn't have my truck test they said look go away do your truck test you're our sort of guy you can come back While I was kind of just making inquiries, uh, you know, how to do it all, I think got another call from two weeks later saying, uh, okay, we've now got the event manager's job uh, up for grabs. We think it actually quite suit you. I was like, uh, yes, please, (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll take that. Uh, So then um, spent five years working uh, basically for or with Ferrari um and the Philip Morris connection because of the Philip Morris connection it was with uh, Ducati motor GP so it look w- I won't lie guys it was it was it was brilliant but I was kind of doing it for you know respect for the the right reasons and I suppose that's why the ad was so kind of w- mysterious to begin with they didn't want to uh attract people for the wrong reasons let's say um you were doing it for the job that it was rather than
2: the the industry that it was in. You weren't doing it because you wanted to work your way through F1 and move on to the next and work your way up. It would just happen to be...
3: Yeah, kind of. I mean, I always kind of wanted to... Look, anyone who's remotely interested in cars, Formula One is the pinnacle, right? And this could be a whole separate (laughs) podcast, but we're going to try and keep it short. (laughs) I'm aware that uh, we're going to try and keep it short.
2: (laughs) What (laughs) a (laughs) nerd! But you're right. You're right. (laughs) If you're into cars in any shape or form, and I even okay, uh, Americans that might be listening, you know, IndyCar and NASCAR, I get it. But you're you're interested in a motorsport, whatever the pinnacle of motorsport is in your. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think,
3: uh, I think there's that there's a, an admiration for anything that is the benchmark, the best argument. It's exactly. kind of like, yeah, it's that that sort of it's like, wow, this is cool and yeah, it'd be a great job, love to do it, get to see a bit of Europe, uh, work with an amazing team, good for the C V. Who where will it go? And uh, and in parallel to this, I was running uh, Windrush. On the side, I was you know. going to say,
2: what happened to that? If you were doing five years traveling around Europe, well, what was happening to Winrush?
3: Well, I was kind of, I was, I was lucky enough that because I was doing, it was effectively a logistics type role as event manager. So all logistics. So uh, with Ferrari, we had, uh, by the time I left, we had uh, fifteen articulated trucks, wow. all basically. Transformers, robots in disguise. Um so it was you know, demantable pods that was it was a three story building that would fold out with and So terraces. is this the motorhomes
2: or this was a set but this, so this, yeah. this, so this was for motorhomes, yeah. This okay. is the
3: motorhomes, which when I started was a couple of trucks and then it grew because you know it's just and now they're these sort of insane structures <clears throat> that pop up by themselves type Yeah, thing. and, and uh, Ferrari were or Philip Morris were one of the uh, the first guys to go for the sort of mega motorhome, if you like. Nice. And I mean, the, the, and that was, again, another thing that attracted me to the job is that whole kind of coach building It's totally bespoke. You've got a, uh, a client's got a problem. They want to get VI, VIPs on site. They want to cater for them. They want to have them in air conditioning. They want to give them uh, amazing audiovisual. Mm. And we've got to pack that into something that can transport around Europe, be plugged up, unplugged. And work again. It was another so, challenge for you. There you go. Uh, hopefully, it might make you smile. So the uh, just thinking of Sam's coffee, uh, the, the bane of my life for uh, uh, for five years was uh, the coffee machine. Uh, Italian, really? Italian, Italian company, right? <laughs> and literally, because of course this coffee machine would be set up, all working, and uh, and uh, you know shaken up down the road for two weeks until the next uh, Formula One. And uh, yeah, you know, Italians not designed need that to coffee. That. Italians like their coffee. Can I
2: just say, have you ever heard of Starbucks? They make
3: fantastic takeaways. <laughs> if you have issues with yeah, coffee yeah. machines again,
2: Starbucks <laughs> delicious drinks sponsor me now, please. Yeah, anyway. our
3: coffee's not good enough for Sam. <laughs> um, but uh, it's. It, it, um, do you know what? If we'd have had an espresso machine now, hey, <laughs> it would have transformed. It would have yeah. transformed my life. But because, of course, you would never. I have got a newfound respect for baristas. You know, the variables in making a coffee are infinite uh, and, and that was what was so variable Is every circuit we go to different quality of water it's so uh, funny the I mean it, it shows that you're a... working for an Italian team that these were the things that were really bugging you yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. it's the thing that sticks in my mind you know forget about the, the cars and it was the coffee oh uh, my god uh... so as I say this could be an
2: entirely separate podcast I think it's a fascinating part of your life and there are lots of questions that I would like mm-hmm. to ask you but uh, I tend to slip a bit F1 heavy too often and I want to I want to talk about what's going on here and 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 how what I guess was a man cave with a couple of cars as a as a mid 20s 20 year old um then became what we're in right now which we're going to move on to very shortly but but so yeah what were those steps from from finishing up sure. in- From Formula One, sure. To...
3: Yeah, good. Well, we, uh, so like I say, uh, Formula One, five years, a long five years running the business uh, from website and mobile phone, you know, modern tech really helping, uh, subbing out transport jobs. And it worked and it was always a hobby. It got to the point where, and honestly, for a, the last, excuse me, the last year of my employment there, I deliberated on a daily basis. Is oh? it? <laughs> That,
2: that's okay, we can keep we can, we
3: can keep it. You may have heard
2: of it eh? loud noises just started. We are in a uh, working space. Uh, I'm not sure if that's. That's so a
3: compressor. That's a compressor, come on, to all so the that we don't suffocate. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but basically, uh, so where was I? I was, um... Sorry, so yeah, you were saying you were de- deliberating back so and yeah, forth. So yeah, back and forth before, for a before year. the compressor tried to stop <laughs> to that storyline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was trying to tell me to shut up. <laughs> stop waffling. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, yeah, for a year I was deliberating do I want to turn my hobby something I love at the evenings and weekends into my full-time job and at that time I think I had probably 30 cars in storage over wow. a winter period so enough to keep me busy and and of course in that last year or so I was, I was finishing work because so I was based in the UK managing the guys at a distance I go out to the back-to-back races go and help drive the trucks up to like Munster's Bar, Hockenheim, Budapest that kind of thing um, but I was lucky enough to be in the UK that I would finish work I would then leave work at five drive back to the Cotswolds so if sam wanted his car out the next day for example go and check the car over polish wow. it whatever then go back to london the next uh, that evening so i get back to mit- london at midnight whatever and it was just getting i had no evenings and I weekends had no life, so i had no life so working, working, between
2: yeah. the two you were working it was pretty
3: fun. and anyway that is kind of that deliberation do i want to turn my hobby into what i do every day because it becomes a very different beast at that point right yeah it, it exactly I, I suppose ultimately I didn't want to fall out of love with my passion, you know, we all we love cars and it was kind of do I don't want to end up resenting them so anyway one day, just made it say, I think probably uh, my was I married then? Maybe, maybe. maybe <laughs> let's it might pretend have been. like you know. Let's just to say I was. Yeah, I think I was <laughs> married. Just like in case
2: your wife was new. I
3: was yeah, definitely ten married. Ten-year anniversary. <laughs> <on the> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, I think I was probably married at that point, and uh, and it was kind of joint decision. Yeah, come on, let's let's get out of Take town. Take a gamble. Let's go for it. And honestly, from that day of handing the notice in, I suppose from giving the business. Evening and weekend attention To full time dedication I haven't fallen out I love it Incredible. I love what we do I love making people happy And I suppose it, It's that's what it's really all about.
2: I think you know it's such an interesting uh, point, really, because I-, I would say that I had to do the same at one point with this with this YouTube um, gimmick, <laughs> uh, where I, it was you know that question of I was still working, I was still doing uh, my disastrous PR consultancy, and I, you know I was busy at both, and I I, I couldn't do both. Uh, Uh, the correct way without giving one up. Um, And I was very aware that making videos and cars was a passion, a thing I loved. Did I want to make it work? Would I fall out of love with those things very quickly when I, you know, because when it becomes your full time job yeah. you need money yeah. there's no yes. you, you can't no, get away like from it yeah. you, you need money so it's a different mindset but one thing i learned very quickly and i'm so grateful that i made that decision is when you are doing something that you absolutely love it doesn't really feel like work yeah, every now yeah. and again you have to make those cutthroat decisions and its yeah. business and blah blah but all in all you wake up each morning going this is pretty cool like it's quite cool that i get to do this as a job
3: yeah absolutely and and, and look you know we uh, uh, rough with the smooth right you know there's it uh, it's 24 7 you are thinking about work pretty much non-stop especially you know we, we focus firmly on delivering the absolute best customer service so storage is kind of the, the tip of the iceberg and it, so you don't ever turn off uh, and that's why I didn't want to fall out of love with it but I sure. think that you know let's just say 1% of the time you've got a tricky situation to deal with that for that moment you kind of think oh this is hard work but the 99 percent of the time you're loving life you're surrounded by people who love their car and uh enjoy the service we make our life easier and honestly it's a pleasure we're really privileged to do what we do well let's get on to that let's talk about what you do because we've now
2: sort of introduced you so hopefully you guys uh listening and watching are more familiar chat if you've skipped the last 20 minutes you're idiots Uh, go back and listen to who Tim is
3: Um, which
2: you know which which was super interesting but uh, you know you may have noticed again if you are watching us here on the YouTube channel that we are surrounded by some pretty incredible cars a lot of them undercover let's not pretend that this is not a LaFerrari right behind us but it is undercover we've got 488s we've got Carrera GTs and a whole load of things last time I was here you had a Bugatti Chiron pulling out Um, it's absolutely unbelievable this is literally a bat cave at a top secret location and this is your your main main storage facility would you call it because you you have another one right so
3: yeah do you know what it's rapidly become our main uh our main show so uh cotswolds is a hq oh okay because uh, that's
2: where you moved with your wife uh, to start the business yeah that's right so family okay. farms
3: back there and that's where basically so that we don't do HQ. any farming now uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i'm taking over the place uh, Amazing. but don't, don't worry my dad charges me a healthy enough rent Brilliant. Uh, so yeah so basically hq's back there where it's it's 2004 started, so four, we're year 14 now. Uh, it ran there for 10 years. We've got, um, look, I, I don't really like to talk about numbers, but actually I'll give you some numbers, just to put it in context. So we've got 200 cars in the Cotswolds. We've got uh, 150 nearly here in London. Wow. Um, it came about three years ago or so, maybe four years ago. The passion for the business the word was beginning to spread. We're getting a good reputation, you know, hard-earned. And people phoning up and say, I want to put my car with you. Where are you? And we're like, oh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, in, we're, we're in the cotswolds. And we're like, where's that? <laughs> yeah. And we're like, Help uh, me. It's about two hours outside of London. And it was just a turn off. And at that point, we thought, right. And, and, and up until that point, we were getting a 100% conversion rate. Anyone who inquire, we would get them for a tour get them on board love the service and you know look we're never complacent but it was just a, such a a rewarding process of, of course people signing up and then to not have people sign up because we weren't in London was just it, it really pulled at my heart going ah so um yeah look it is a business but emotionally we love what we do so did laser of research and then uh found where we are now um and it was a long journey to to get where we are now find the perfect place and um yeah so we're now i think about three years into wow. it and this has become yeah the, the sort of major a, part of our business then. it's
2: a very impressive space and and you're not gonna be able to see it for those of you again who are watching but it does stretch for miles literally for miles and there are tons of cars and as you mentioned around 150 or so come mm-hmm. or come or go each day and they're all under these stunning immaculate covers and it's a very impressive sight to break down the sort of the basics because as I mentioned right at the beginning of this podcast sort of what is car storage and why do people do it and I think for those and especially even me when before I bought a car that I wanted to put into inverted commas storage. I always question. It's like, why on earth would someone not want that on their driveway? You know, you see that cliched Instagram picture of like a LaFerrari yep. parked outside a really yeah. awful looking house and people go like, oh, goals. Like, you know, <laughs> he bought a car before his house. What a hero. That's not, I mean, that's not a good thing to do people. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but so I always question why on earth would that happen? Yeah, that's a um, good question. And so, so what do you actually offer as a service and why do you think your customers come to you to, to put their cars here and not outside their houses.
3: Yeah, sure, okay, well, and that's, that's a good point, because a lot of people, when they think of storage, and look, in my head, and, and I've been doing, you know, we, we, we honestly, sort of, we like to think we're the benchmark, and, and it's, uh, stereotypically, you say car storage, people think of a dusty, dirty barn, there might be a cover thrown over a car. It's just not that. that I, I, we are everything to the opposite end of that. And so, why do people put their car with us? So security, security is number one. So we've got a number of clients who have got plenty of space at home. Uh, They might, a lot of clients are time poor and effectively they like the fact that we're babysitting. We're babysitting their pride and joy. It might be one car, might be a collection of cars. We've got clients that have pick, pick, bought one car, tried the service, enjoyed it. They've then got a collection of cars with us, and they then rotate the car. So we don't want people to think that uh, it's a lock and leave, or it's, it's um, locked up, it's inaccessible. That's car storage. No, no, no. It's, it's, it really is more of a car hotel where. We are the car guys, the car comes in, it gets fully appraised condition wise, we record that, it gets fully valeted uh, The whole thing is ticked off on a tick sheet, everyone sort of puts ownership to their work So that when the car's then in its storage bay, it's got a soft cover on, it's got an automatic battery conditioner And we're just simply then monitoring and looking after that car In a controlled environment, so it's, uh, it's dehumidified which again, we can come on to in a minute, but it's more about the security amount. Nobody's got access to the car. No one can walk up to it other than Windrush staff. And when we get the call, now it might be someone comes into the UK every six months or so. If they left the car somewhere else, six months, battery's going to be dead, it's going to be dirty. It's going to be a pain to get ready again. So it's there, it's on the button. Or we've got clients that use their car every day, every couple of days. All we ask for is just that, heads up i'm coming down because the car is already pristine under the cover we're giving a f- kind of you know like a bit geeky but pre-flight checks so we're checking the clock we're topping up the screen wash we're doing a tire pressure so we know that when it goes out the door although the client's playing for car storage they don't need to do anything a lot of our clients are time poor and that's where we really come into our own it's that um we'll do so whatever the question the answer is always yes and then we kind of worry about how we yeah. do it <laughs> You're like, oh my god why do we say yes to that what, a, what an awful yeah. decision but it's kind of never you know never say no it's, it's sure it's, that's the sort of mindset and I think the type of client that we've got on board appreciate that because they've got hectic lifestyles and that's again I think just one point I want to uh, pick up on is that um, people go oh what a crying shame these cars are all locked up and they're not used look there's one or two that are not used, but I'll assure you that actually of our clients are car guys, girls. They love their car and that's why it's with us because they want to tuck it up, they want to look after it.
2: Well, I mean, I think this is a huge thing. So uh, to be completely open and honest, I unfortunately don't store my car here at Windrush, but I'm hoping this podcast gets me mate rates from Tim. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm um, working uh, on it. I, yeah, I keep my car in <laughs> a separate location, but I do keep it in an underground, supposedly safe and secure storage yeah. location. And the reason I do that is for a lot of the things that you've just uh, hit on. Firstly, I, I travel a lot because of YouTube and work, um, and I would not feel... Uh, at peace of mind leaving my car outside my house the space outside my house is yep. open to the public anyone can walk up firstly I don't have a battery conditioner there and 360 battery lasts about half a day so so I couldn't <laughs> leave it outside <laughs> and you know I, I'm so obsessed with that car it is it is a child to me the, the thought of it being out in the rain whilst I'm off in Monaco or the thought of maybe someone coming past mm. and, and mm. scratching it by mistake mm. or a delivery man or whatever mm. I couldn't I would not be able to relax mm. so that why i put the 360 uh in storage and as i say we have to say storage with inverted commas because yeah. i do think there's that kind of uh thought pressure our oh, storage well, it's locked away for three years and you're not mm. going to touch it I-, I drive my car probably Sometimes I take it on big road trips But once every couple of weeks At least If not once A week mm. um, Going in and taking it out But I know That when I'm not driving it yeah. It's tucked up It's somewhere safe It's somewhere dry It's got battery conditioner And it's secure Obviously here You guys go That step further than that whole level above And uh, and I think it's I can understand Why you have some of the cars That you have in here But I also love the fact That you do have some cars That you wouldn't necessarily expect To be locked up Next yeah, to a lap sure. Ferrari It's just people's Pride and joys Cars if we're passionate about cars, you want the best for them. It's a ridiculous thing, isn't it? Look, I've got a few sort of more quick-fire questions to, to, to round things off. Um, you allowed one pass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was your first car? I mean, uh, we've talked about the Land Rover, but what was the one, first one you went out and
3: bought? Okay, first car I bought. So, yeah, properly mine. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so, uh, uh, Mar- uh, Mark II Golf uh, but it was the diesel, so it, <laughs> hey, it was we one were, point, It was one point six. Like, it was like a tractor. Nice, <laughs> but it was still a Mark II Golf, hey, right? It's still
2: Mark II Golf. That's still I did put awesome. the GTI
3: lights on the front, okay, <laughs> just to try and scam people. Yeah, 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 yeah I love yeah. that. I went.
2: To, I had a I had a Mark IV Golf as my first car, and I put all like Halfords chrome strips on. I don't know why. That wasn't. I don't know what. Very I was doing. dice. Very dice. Um, <laughs> almost. Uh, okay. And then, what would your dream next car be if you were to purchase a car? In the okay. next 12 months,
3: so well, I've just bought the Golf R after oh, cool. loads of research. So basically, I had a, a, a B5 uh, RS4 okay, uh, event. it was great, it was kind of you know like a post car for me. Uh, but it, do you know what? It, it's a modern classic, but it was too good to use daily, and also, uh, it, it didn't have all the modern comforts like it had firm suspension, it was manual, and okay, I'm getting old and you know moaning about it now, but. The go- I've got to say, the just I'm so excited yeah. about it. it. ticks a load of boxes. Amazing. I've just run it in, so literally, oh, I've just hit a thousand okay. miles. So now, it's time So to open
2: asking up you it. what your next car is a bit cruel at this point because you're so, so excited about they, your goal far.
3: Uh I i kind of like stealthy cars so i don't i'm not really that showy so i like uh so the golf's in uh, the gray so do you know what rs4 i like okay. although uh i have to agree with your i think it was your last podcast i was listening to on the way here that the rs um has kind of just lost that special down a bit hasn't it it's, 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 st- it's got was a always bit lost. supposed to be you know that really kind of special car every few years audi would bring out the new one uh anyway so that's kind of although we've just done a new car detail for a, guy, a client who's bought a uh, new RS4 okay. a van, and all oh, that is very nice. in Nardo very very super. nice very very nice um, okay yeah. yeah so yeah awesome. kind of non or stealthy cars are quite light
2: you've just broken in the, R- the Golf R so I won't, I won't pressurise hey, yeah, you too yeah. much yeah. On don't pop a bubble <laughs> just yet <laughs> and the final question then do you have an all-time dream car one car that before you uh, you're old and grey you hope to be able to to get
3: do you know what? Honestly, Sam, we, this is the danger, of the, this is the worst bit about the job. We work in a sweet shop. The, I think that variety is the spice of life. Honestly, do. I think that, you know, uh, I've also got, uh, uh, look, going back to my Land Rover days, I've got a 1949 Land Rover. It's like a Series 1, okay, awesome. and, and anyone that knows Landrovers, Land Rovers, it's kind of lights behind the grill. It's, they're really cool. But it goes, what, top speed 40 miles an hour. <laughs> I can have as mu- that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So there was a time when I had, you know, RS4 and the, and the, and the Land Rover. I had probably as equal as much as fun in both of them. Different times because one it's was how they brilliant. make you feel, right? It's yeah, not yeah. all about speed a, and, you know, v twelve. It's the soul, and, and I think the soul of the car. So different cars have different soul. Um, I think it's very interesting with the electric cars that are coming on now. We got uh, offered a test, test drive in a Tesla the other day. Okay. And it was lightning quick. Um, not much else. I, do you know what? I'm glad you said that because <laughs> yeah. it did lack soul. Yeah, and I kind of feel soul. bad saying that. They'll get there. They will get there. They'll, They'll get there. They, you
2: know, it's an amazing achievement what they've done so far. But apart from the incredible speed, I, I, I left feeling a bit cold from my distance. Yeah, experience. no, I, I
3: have to agree. But I think, um, so, yeah. I'm going to push you, though. I'm
2: going to push you. you have, there's got to be <laughs> one car. There's got to be one. You know, It's not your only uh, car, but
3: one car you want to own. Okay, do you know what? So, uh, I really like right now Porsches. I think okay. uh, that, and we've got, okay, we've got a couple of Carrera GTs back there, but it's Carrera GTs, and 918. Do you know what? My brother's got a 997 okay. uh, Carrera 2 manual, Bogo Basic. It's probably what, £30,000? Sure. It is a fantastic you car. You love it? it? I love it. Yeah. Do you know what? It, well, there you we, go. I went on a, a, dry, a performance driving day at uh, Millbrook. That car does a lot yeah I, it does a lot incredible car because the danger is I think with cars now is that you've got we've got uh you can't see in shop or, or, or you won't see it if you're listening but there's <laughs> a, a Dole, there's a, a, a GT2 we're just starting to see the GT2s come in yeah GT2 RS mega car you know 700 horsepower we've got a F12 just behind this again 700 horsepower now look okay acceleration phenomenal but it's dare a I little say little it, bit over-engineered? Too, much? Yeah. too much horsepower. Oh, no, no, I'm so with you in this. So you get the, like, so the 997, 300 horsepower. That's a usable amount yeah, of horsepower. On the public road.
2: I'm so yeah. with you in this argument and it's a reason for me to flag my 360, fly my 360 flag because yeah, yeah. on the road, it's about how, how cars make you feel and that's yeah. why hot hatches will forever be so popular in yeah. the UK and on English A and B roads because in real life scenarios that's as quick as you can get and yep. I think it was Chris Harris who said that the new Civic Type R maybe was it I can't remember who said Yeah, it good uh, is the quickest point A to B car except yeah. maybe a 911 Turbo and yeah. what two different ends of the scale of yeah. car world could you be in because you don't need 700 don't get me wrong I'd love an no, F12 no, no. well me too but, yeah, <laughs> but you don't need it so I'm so with you yeah, yeah. Um, but you still have not answered my question one car to own ah, before you die I thought you'd forgotten <laughs> just uh, one come on there's got to be one car.
3: so okay one it could be it another thing. Land Rover I don't mind no, no, Just no, one no, car uh, Okay so what is it for Is it for every day Is it
2: Whatever you Just one car ah, That before you die You'd like to say I own that car I managed to get
3: I own that car It can be for a week You could sell it a week later I don't care Just one car Do you know what I know that I I really quite I think the Carrera GT Carrera uh, Do you know GT, I want to say okay. the 918 But my jury's out On the hybrid thing mm. Look you've got a load of torque fill I like that But I'm just not quite sure On the kind of you know, what, direction the of it and what it means, yeah, and, I, I, and the driving experience. And I do like the analog stuff. Okay, and I do like, yeah, ma- a naturally aspirated manual pretty that's, winning that's, right yeah i'm gonna
2: hold you to career DT because i feel like otherwise this is gonna go into another podcast right, yeah, now yeah, yeah, we're yeah. gonna keep go back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway thank you so much for joining me you i hope you guys often. have found this interesting um obviously we've spoken a lot about uh, tim and his business and wind rush here there of course are other storage facilities available all around the world um as i mentioned unfortunately i'm not a Windrush. rush i'm somewhere else um, but hopefully we'll sort that soon Um, So yes of course check out if you're in London If you're uh, anywhere you want to be You can get on Google but of course if you're interested In checking out Windrush's prices or finding Out more about their services uh, Website link will be below for those watching on YouTube Do you know your website off the top of your head? Yes uh,
3: windrushcarstorage.co.uk Those are for the listeners
2: Um, So yes thank you once again for joining us I hope you guys have enjoyed it Uh, Make sure to subscribe if you're watching us On the YouTube channel give it a thumbs up so other people Can find this video and if you're listening to us Make sure to keep following Thank you very much, everyone. Bye-bye.
3: Thank you very much.